as the field comes for the top of the stretch. W&L on the outside of Arctic Arrogance. The two of them are right together as they head for home. Three quarters in one, 12 and one. Tuskegee Airman is all out in third, but now four lengths from the lead as they come down for the eighth pole. Arctic Arrogance on the inside and W&L on the outside. The front two have separated themselves from the rest of the field. W&L on the outside narrowly. Arctic Arrogance continues to battle on. They come on for the finish and it is W&L to win the Remsen by a long neck. Arctic Arrogance was second and a big break. Back to Tuskegee Airman in third. Well, that was a call from John Embryal in this past Saturday's Remsen up at Aqueduct as W&L, who we failed to pronounce correctly on the re, uh, lead-up show to the Remsen. W&L has now stamped his name on the road to the Kentucky Derby for trainer Danny Gargan earns 10 points in the Remsen. We're back with Inside the Kentucky Derby, and of course, this podcast would not be possible without our good friends over at Woodford Reserve, the presenting sponsor of the Road to the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Derby, which will be held, of course, again for the 149th year on the first Saturday in May. Woodford Reserve with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford is a spectacle for the senses. Please drink responsibly. I got a feeling that the uh, the garden camp was drinking responsibly on Saturday after WNL pulled the uh, I want I want to call it a, a mild upset in the Remsen Darren we you know we were touting as Tuskegee Airman was likely the horse to beat and he just showed absolutely nothing in that race he really uh, didn't show much of anything the track came up sloppy he was the favorite he was a distant third um, he's going to have to show more WNL. We now know how to say his name. Yeah. Uh, uh, hats off to him. I dismissed him coming into the race purely based off of the breeding, uh, a, a son of good magic out of the forest, wildcat mare, wild gams forest, wildcat mares typically suggest sprint. Uh, w and L, uh, you know, showed speed throughout uh, pressing Arctic arrogance. And those two, you know, ran a good race. Um, it was a merry-go-round type of race in the slop. So you have to question what do they beat and what will they do against stiffer competition over a dry track, but take your hat off to look, Danny Gargan, uh, you know, he was on the road to the Derby a few years ago with tax and he suggested after the race that he believes this horse is better than tax. And he also believes this horse can go around a ground. He's been sent back down to Florida uh, at his Paul Meadows division, but I would not be surprised to see him return and we see a rematch of the top two finishers in the February 4th uh, Withers. Yeah, here's what Danny Gargan had to say on America's Day at the races after uh, winning the Remsen with WNL. He was in contention the whole way. I mean, they went three quarters and 12 and change in uh, the Philly race. I think they went to 14 and change. So. Uh, that was pretty impressive, and he dug in, you know, a little green late, put his ears up, playing around. He's maturing a lot, and he's going to get better, and you know, with age, and, you know, this race going a mile and an eighth. You don't have to go that much further to be in the right race in May. So, you know, there's we're hoping he's that kind of horse, and uh, if he keeps getting better, I think we might get lucky and be that kind of horse. Yeah, he's going to get bigger and fill out a lot more. He When we, when we bought him, uh, Connor Foley and me, and uh, we bought him, he wasn't a huge horse, and he's grown into a decent-sized horse, and he's going to fill out. 
you know, we don't have to, he won't run again now till probably March. And uh, so we'll get, give him a little time and let him mature and grow into himself. But I think he's got, he's got a lot of talent in a bright future. Yeah, we uh, we totally dismissed him, Darren. And, and that wild gams, I remember looking her up and remember her from running. And she was quite the sprinter, too. And so, uh, you know, hats off to the Garden Camp for uh, developing this horse. He's owned by West Paces Racing and Stone Street Stables ended up staying in for a piece who bred him as well. And so uh, and, and Danny said this was the first horse he had for uh, West Paces Racing. So he said, you know, first horse, grade two winner now on the road to the Kentucky Derby. He alluded to a reference of the Philly race, which was the Demoiselle on the road to the Kentucky Oaks, Julia Shining, the regally bred uh, half-sister to Malatat, the Breeders' Cup Distaff winner, did not disappoint in the slop. Uh, she is now headed back to Florida with uh, trainer Todd Pletcher's string. Expect her to resurface in the Feb 11th Suncoast at Tampa. Yeah, and I think the Sun Coast is also uh, possible for that uh, the Mark Cassie filly that uh, eludes me from the Breeders' Cup. Uh, oh, Wonder Wheel. Wonder Wheel, yeah. I think she's heading to the Sun Coast, then the Ashland, and then the Kentucky Oaks. She's got a three race or two race prep for uh, the first Friday in May. So that sets up for a possible uh, clash of two Titans down at Tampa Bay Downs. Yeah, on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. Um you know, back to the road to the Derby. We did see some other races over the weekend. Uh, we talked about Tappet shoes for trainer Brad Cox running in the, uh, the, the maiden special weight down at fairgrounds on Saturday, a mile and a 16th did not disappoint one by seven and a quarter lengths, uh, as the favorite. Um, this joins a, a tremendous arsenal for Brad. I mean, you have Loggins who of course was the, neck runner up to the eventual two-year-old champion Forte in the uh, breeders futurity at Keeneland. He had, of course had a setback, uh, but he's expected to return to Cox's barn at fairgrounds by the end of this month. Then you also have instant coffee um, who he can choose to run in the Lecompte or the Southwest. You have giant mischief who reading in a daily racing form article um, by Marcus Hirsch, Brad Cox is questioning at this time the pedigree and 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 the ability to route um, uh, based off of his physicality. Uh, therefore, he's going to try and extend his speed up at Remington Park in the December seventeenth Springboard Mile. But Giant Mischief is the one who has you know the most boasting speed figure uh, in his last race, beating that uh, Bob Baffert. Um, two-year-old Arabian lion. Um, and then you also have Corona belt. Uh, he's going to stay in the uh, sprints at this time to looking at the uh, December 26th sugar bowl down at fairgrounds. You have verifying who's going to be in a first level allowance at the end of the month. And then victory formation who looks headed to the, 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 the January 28th Southwest at Oaklawn park. So, um, not a bad group of two-year-olds. And then there's Hit Show and Tappet's Conquest also, you know, waiting in the wings or maybe getting a little time off. That's called Murderer's Row right there on the road to the well, Kentucky Derby. Well, we'll see. We'll see. They used to say, they used to say, anytime a, if you ask a trainer who are your derby horses and they give you two or three, usually you don't have one. Yeah. But 
he's got quite the arsenal. Yeah, uh, we've we've asked the question, and uh, he's joked with me and said, "Well, you've included six in the future wager." I said, <laughs> "How many more do you want to include?" Uh, Tappet shoes was very uh, very green in the stretch. Yes, he was, and reminds me of his half brother Cyberknife, who turned out to be just okay. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he'll be headlining the uh, the Pegasus uh, at the end of January down at Gulfstream Park. Uh, yeah. that's that'll be his final career start. Yeah, and Cyberknife, who's by Gunrunner Tappet Shoes, obviously by Tappet, and we see that Tappet's taking a little bit more time to mentally mature. Gun- and Cyberknife has taken his entire three year old campaign almost to mentally mature. So we'll have to see with this son of Tappet how he can do. Uh, but he shows some raw ability to be able to win that race down at fairgrounds and, you know, see if he can put it all together in stakes company next time. There were some other races, um, for three-year-olds around the country. I'm not quite certain they merit, um, road to the Derby consideration at this time, but they merit discussion to see whether or not they pop in post time for Brittany Russell was the uh, convincing winner of the Maryland juvenile going seven furlongs in the mud beat Johnny's from Albany. You also have uh super chow was the victory down in uh, Tampa Bay downs in the six furlong inaugural. That's a, uh, a Jorge Delgado uh, cult trained by or, or, or sired by Lord Nelson suggesting sprint Passarando won the gold rush up at uh, golden gate. That wasn't a mile on the, uh, uh, on the synthetic surface could be a, a horse for Steve Speck uh, to show up in the El Camino real Derby. And then I, one horse that I did like uh, classic legacy winning in the slop on uh, that first race on, on uh, uh, Remsen day up at uh, aqueduct. KK, what were your thoughts on the Bill Mott trained uh, classic legacy? You know, I would have loved to seen the track come up as a more fair playing track throughout the day because, you know, I think the wet weather, you know, you sort of have to look at it and say, okay, well, you know, this horse did show ability and was impressive winning that day. We've heard from Andy Serling and all the folks up at Naira of how, you know, productive these maiden races have been on the, on this day. And so I think definitely there's some trainers that hear that chatter too and they send their better ones to uh point to that race and so i think uh this horse you know has some options with strings of horses based in new york and in south florida of where he'll end up and and oaklawn uh where this horse could end up so uh you know we'll we'll have to wait and see maybe a fair track with you know five months until that first saturday in may very well bred bruce lunford uh you know owns and 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 bred the horse it's an into mischief out of distorted humor mare so you knew uh, that he would like the slop. Um, another horse that was unveiled at Tampa Bay, just keep your eye on Prairie Hawk uh, for Safi Joseph, owned by Peachtree Stable and Windstar Farm. It's a son of Curlin out of an Indian Charlie mare, one going a mile and 40 yards by two and three quarter lengths for Safi Joseph, who uh, is also no stranger to the trail. Yeah, and he's uh, one that will ship horses from his base at Gulfstream up to Tampa Bay and uh, the Tampa Bay Road of the Derby Series with the Sam Davis and, of course, the Tampa Bay Derby later on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, we have a a rare off weekend on the road to the Derby. We have no action until next week, Darren, where we've we've got, you know. Yeah, we got the holidays coming up. But we, we do have, I believe, between the 17th and the 8th of January over the holidays, we have 
six road to the Derby races. We've got two on December 17th, the low South futurity and the springboard mile. Uh, you'll have the gun runner on the day after Christmas at fairgrounds, uh, the Jerome smarty Jones will be run on new year's day. And then the sham will be on Sunday, January the 8th. Now we do have the holidays coming up. So we'll have a big preview in advance of the December 17th races. Your recap might come, uh, Right after uh, the first of the year. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just sort of how things go. And, uh, the, the most, the most intriguing race to me at this stage is, you know, what's this gun runner going to shape up down at fairgrounds and we'll have to do some, some sniffing and some, you know, some sleuth work, see what we can come up with before that big, big preview show, uh, next week on inside the Kentucky Derby. Cause I think that race will be very productive with some very talented Steve Asmussen trainees, plus the Brad Cox barn and all those horses that shipped from Kentucky down to fairgrounds. Well, already. it sounds like we could get an appearance from extra Anejo, correct? That's what the plan was uh, after he shipped from Kentucky after that subpar track conditions when the track froze for a day and a half. Steve said, let's go down to fairgrounds. And so uh, that was the plan. And I know Steve's one of those where if I would ask him today, he would say, we'll wait and see how he trains. <laughs> That's exactly right. However... I think we know the plan, and that's going to be likely the next option for extra Anejo, who is as impressive as can be winning his debut. Look, if I had to give three horses to watch uh, or top contenders for the Derby next year at this time, it would be obviously Forte, obviously extra Anejo, and then obviously the Bob Baffert trained uh, Arabian Night. And, you know, obviously he would have to. Uh, change barns to become eligible for points on the road to the Derby. And we'll, we'll know about this uh, a little sooner. Uh, you know what? Triple crown noms going to close sometime in the middle to late January. And that's when we know, you know, all these horses, uh, who's, uh, uh still got a heartbeat. Who's, uh, who's around, who's, uh, waiting in the wings with works under their debut. It's a great time of year. So, it's uh this is an exciting time for this road to the derby. Absolutely. And those horses that we've mentioned, you know, so far on inside the Kentucky Derby, they're they're great now. They're doing, you know, everything they need to now to be, you know, prominent players on the road to the derby. But there's a lot of maturing over the next five months and a lot of horses that may not be quite there yet will show up on the first Saturday in May and surpass the the kids on the playground per se. As of this recording today. On Tuesday, uh, December the 6th, we are 151 days from the run for the roses. It, you know, it's it's so great to be able to talk derby right now in this city, Darren, where I think so many people are uh, in woes of the Louisville football coaching uh, prowess. We're talking. I don't derby know about already. woes. I don't think there's any woes. To I don't know. I, I haven't heard too many woes. It, drama. You, you and I are. Drama. Yeah, there is drama. There is drama. <laughs> but uh, I'll be honest with you. I've heard a lot of cheers. Well, a lot of cheers. <laughs> there's a lot of Woodford Reserve being passed around the city of Louisville. When the news broke that Scott Satterfield was named the head coach at Cincinnati. We'll, we'll talk horses. We'll let the, uh, <laughs> let the folks down the road at UofL talk about their coaching at drama. Uh, that's it for us. We'll be back for a big preview for eight races in the next three weeks on the road to the Kentucky Derby. We'll preview them all next week here on Inside the Kentucky Derby.